Well, welcome to the last Monday podcast uh, of the year. We're coming to the end of uh, 2 Timothy, and it looks like just a, a list of names, and there's a, there's a lot of names here. In fact, I'm not going to read it because you'll just laugh at the way I pronounce it. But uh, I'll draw out three, three kind of thoughts, I think, which are helpful for us. And the first is this. Paul is not interested in an organization. He's interested in teams. There's no organization mentioned here. It is all about people, people working together in teams. And that's a bit of a challenge for us, isn't it? Because the the danger is that we're interested in night and free church, that that is what becomes the the dominant thought. We have to keep night and free church going and that can get quite ugly, actually. We're not interested in that. It may be the Lord blesses us richly and we grow to be some huge mega church, or it may be we cease to exist. It'll still be about people and putting people first and seeing people serve God. And that's what all of these names here are. And there are men here and there are women. There are people who are very successful and there are people who are failures. But God wants to use us and he wants us to serve him together. And so wherever you're serving in the church family, it's not about the the ministry. It's actually about the people that God's called you to serve in the church family, outside the church family. So keep that in mind. Secondly, and what's really interesting is that if we are serving in teams, there will be times when actually it's really rubbish because we wind each other up and we hurt one another and we damage one another. And what I like is that Paul's very honest about this, but he also shows us how to live and work in teams. He's very honest because he talks about Demas, verse 9, um, uh, because he loved this world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. And then a little bit later on, he talks about how at his first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. And that is what happens in Christian ministry, isn't it? People let you down. Uh, Maybe sometimes they do it thoughtlessly. Maybe they do it deliberately, but they will let you down. And then there's another kind of category of people here, verse 14 Represented by Alexander. Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. Now this isn't this isn't just letting you down. This is deliberately trying to hurt you. And it may be that that's happened to us already. But it will happen. We, we are sinners. And we live and work amongst sinners. And sometimes they will hurt us. We have a little saying that goes, hurt people, hurt people. And if you're trying to seek uh, to serve people who are suffering, they may just kick out against you quite deliberately and quite nastily. They may just do it because they're sinners. But whether it's suffering or sin, we will end up getting hurt at some time. So how do I cope with that, Paul? Well, he gives us some clues. He says very clearly that um, at my first offence, nobody came to my support. Everyone deserted me. And then he says this, may it not be held against them. Remarkable phrase. May the Lord 
not hold it against them. May the Lord forgive them. And then with Alexander the metal worker, he says the Lord will repay him for what he has done. Now, the danger is I can sound really glib um, saying this, and it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort to work through. But, but ultimately, it is the gospel we need to apply here. Has somebody let you down? Well, ask the Lord that you can come to that point where you can say, may the Lord not hold it against them. Has somebody deliberately hurt you? Again, ask him to come to that point where you can say, actually the Lord will repay him, not me. Because once that happens, it just sets us free from all the bitterness and all the internal harm that that can do. Paul's a great example of that. Back in, uh, I think it was Acts chapter 15, he and Barnabas have this massive falling out. They were a great team together, but they fall out over a man called Mark, who in Pamphylia walked away. We don't know why. Maybe it's all too much for him, but he walked away. And a, a little bit later on, Barnabas says, hey, look, Paul, let's give him another chance. And Paul's going, you're kidding. Mark, not having him on my team again, and they fall out. But now, verse 11, now Paul can say, hey, Timothy, get Mark, bring him with you, because he's helpful to me in my ministry. Isn't that wonderful? Now, again, how long did that take him to work through forgiveness? I don't know, but he got there. And the wonderful thing is that now Mark is one of the guys that he wants with him because he's helpful in my ministry. So we work in teams. Those teams are sometimes quite dysfunctional because we're sinners and we have to work through that. And that brings us to the last thing. Why does Paul want Mark with him right now? Actually, more to the point, verse 9, why does he say to Timothy, do your best to come to me quickly? This is the guy he's been saying, look, I want you to fight the good fight. I want you to stay there. I want you to teach uh, uh, sinners the error of their ways hang out there in Ephesus Timothy now right at the end he says oh by the way give it all up and come to me why is he doing that because he's a sad lonely old man and he wants Timothy to come and hold his hand and bring his cloak no of course not no the reason is Paul is a general and he is moving his troops around and so uh, he wants uh, Tychicus to swap over and go back to Ephesus. He wants Timothy to come to him. He, on the way, he wants him to bring Mark. Because something is happening. Verse 16, he talks about at my first defense. Nobody was with him. But the Lord stood at my side, verse 17, and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. But now, as he looks to the future, you get a kind of a feeling there's a second defense going to happen here. Verse 18, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. I wonder whether what Paul is doing is acting rather like a, a king in the midst of battle. Uh, the tide's turned against them. It's looking a bit dark. And so the king lets out this cry um, calling every man to come to me. Why? Because it's a last stand? No. 
because actually we're going to now attack. We're going to go right into the belly of the enemy and we're going to take the attack to them. And that's what Paul's doing. Look, guys, I'm going to have to make my defence, probably in front of the Emperor Nero, and I want you guys with me because we're going to preach the gospel. Isn't that wonderful? There's a confidence there that God will help him and rescue him until that point where he doesn't need him any longer and he will bring him safely to his heavenly home. Look, I don't know what it is we're called to do, but we need courage like Paul had. But we need confidence too. Not, not the confidence that everything's going to work out fine and all will be rosy. We don't have that promise. But we do have the promise that whatever we go through, the Lord will stand at our side and give us strength. Will you pray that as we move into this new year? That whatever the new year holds for us, that he will stand at our side and give us strength so that we might serve him. I said on Sunday, is it too early to say Merry Christmas? And in one accord, everyone went, yes. But I think I can say at the end of this podcast, can't I? Have a great Christmas and a very happy new year. Thank you.